Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan. This is the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Mark and his wife, Chris Thomas, owners and operators of Bamberger. Mark and Chris, welcome to episode 30 of the American Grown Podcast. Thanks for having Hello, us. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, appreciate you both coming in. Some of the subjects we want to hit on include how Bamberger's came about, what your roles are at the company, and Mark, you being mayor for 13 years running, right? You want to talk mm-hmm. about that? And then, you know, if we have time, Talk about the items you brought, you know, God, family, and country, which I know are very important to you. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of kind of hit on those. So first off, I want to shout out Katie Thomas, recently married to your son, Riley. Uh, she is a worker and a phenomenal young person here at Color Tech. Oh, yeah. Nice. We love Katie. She's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, she really is. And, and Mark, I think you mentioned something to my father about her because we were looking. And, you know, it's the print industry tends to be an older you know generation and as people retire it's hard to find those young talented people just in general nowadays finding people that want to work no question that's a challenge so katie uh, if you're listening you're doing a great job keep kicking ass we greatly appreciate it (laughs) yeah so let's kind of just set the stage uh this is actually my second episode ever that i've recorded with two guests so feel feel privileged right. you know okay. feel yeah, special. Awesome. yeah we're special <laughs> the other and the first one went well so i got knock on wood this should go well also <laughs> the other episode was episode 17 featuring uh, mike Safor and matt funk owners of uh, funk's restaurant and then mike had owned the eagle hotel up in fredericksburg okay. and he sold it to matt funk so i think it'll go real well let's get some background let's start with chris start with ladies first Okay. Well, um, my maiden name was Bamberger. So obviously Bamberger's is uh, my family's business. It was started uh, by my great-grandfather, Irvin Bamberger. It was himself and his brother started it. It was Bamberger Brothers. Um, Then in, not exactly sure when, but he eventually bought out his brother. And in 73, we became incorporated uh, to Bamberger's Incorporated. We started in 1916, so okay. we're well over 100 years old now, yeah. so we're very proud of that. Phenomenal. Yeah, so um, after my great-grandfather, then my grandfather Franklin um, took the helm. Uh, after Franklin, then my father David Bamberger took over, and um, he just recently retired, and now Mark and I have kind of taken over yeah. Bamberger's, so yeah. Wow, so I didn't know 100 years um, 107 100, 100 plus there we go 107 mm-hmm. get it right right Austin, get it right you know that's a long history here in Lebanon County yeah and and we started out um, obviously in 1916 cars were not what they are today so I think it it mostly started out with uh, storing cars um, doing batteries and tires and because we're talking about basically the Model T at that point in time. Oh, wow. And they also sold home goods, so it was a little bit of like a hardware store Okay. as well. So I was wondering, 107 years, maybe some horse and buggy? No, <laughs> I'm just messing. But uh, wow. They probably wow. stored buggies. I don't know. I know yeah. they stored cars like over the winter and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So when Bamberger's first started out, do you remember like what some of the main services were that you had to offer? When I was a child, we yeah. did a lot of tires. We sold a lot of tires. Okay. And we had multiple locations as well. And we, we had gas stations too. Wow. I think it. I didn't know that. We had over yeah. 10, 10, 12 gas stations um, ranging from uh, Elizabethtown, Neutropoli, Jonestown. Uh, Jonestown. Yeah. All over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I never yep. knew that. Yeah. Yes, all sir. over the place. Yeah. We definitely have changed over the years, which is why I think we were able to still be in business because you you kind of have to change with the time. So, yeah. you know, it started out just batteries, tires, and that sort of thing. And then it grew into, you know, what it is today. So, right. Yeah. Well, perfect. Mark, let's get a little bit of background on you. And then uh, I got a question to kind of ask based off what Chris just said. Sure. Well, I was raised in Lebanon. Um, I was the youngest of seven. 
Uh, we lived in a three-bedroom uh, three home, row home uh, on Willow Street near 14th Street. So uh, for those of you who go throwback in Lebanon, I was right near the Butex Playground. Play a little hoop with okay. people like Sam yeah. Bowie and that sort oh, wow. of thing. So I was raised um, with humble beginnings, but I had a dad who was a, uh, he was a Korean War vet. He was an airborne ranger. He had um, two purple hearts, three stars. He was red, white, and blue. So he never tried to flash what he was or what he had, but he was always, he was always trying to give somebody a, a hand up, and uh, everybody knew they could depend on him. I was raised by a guy that was always my hero. <clears throat> From there, when I got out of high school, I went to trade school, worked my way through trade school, my parents didn't have a whole lot. They didn't offer a whole lot. And um, so I worked my way through trade school, got out, and me and my brother, who was also in trade school, we went to school together down near Philadelphia. When we got out of school, we opened up a garage. I was very young when we uh, first went into business. Okay. Do you remember <clears throat> the, the name, what what you called your garage? Thomas Automotive. <laughs> Perfect. It makes sense. Yeah. Third Avenue and Maple Street. Keep it simple. I <laughs> yep. love it. We opened up a garage. Unfortunately, my brother had gone to b body and paint school. We went to oh. the same school, yeah. but he was body and paint. I was a mechanic. And when we bought that shop at 3rd Avenue and Maple, the city promptly gave us a visit and said, no painting cars. You're, you can have a garage here like it's always been, but you can't shoot. Yeah. You can't be painting cars. So we made the transition to strictly automotive repair and that really was never Mike's bag. He was okay. a, a body and paint guy. So at, at some point, I think we were about 19 and 20 when we actually opened the, really? the shop. And uh, Mike just, after about five years, said, hey, I, I want to sell out. You may gladly take over my half of the business or we can go out together. I said, well, I'm not doing this without you. I'm gone. That ended that. Now, a shout-out to my Uncle Jim. Jim Riley, one of my heroes, was uh, a prominent attorney here in Lebanon. If yeah. you remember, Igly Riley, Sheffy, Shrum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tongue twisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, Jim Riley was my uncle. When he found out no one would give a 19- and 20-year-old kids yeah, uh, you a loan. Right, you're young, yeah. Who's going to give you that money? My mom said to me, your Uncle Jim's waiting to hear from you. I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, you just reach out to him and talk to him. So Jim called us into the office and let us know that he'll, he wouldn't be happy if we left him stuck with a gas station, but he was willing to help us <laughs> yeah. get our first uh, business going. Wow. Yeah. So that was my first business and how we got into it. I mean, it is all about family, and I think life in general is connections, you know, who you know and, and like-minded people. Now, I want to quick go, your, your dad was your hero. Mm -hmm. What traits and what did he instill in you that you are instilling into your kids, into Riley, your son, and then Mackenzie, your daughter? Well, back then, it's hard to appreciate somebody in their time. But my yeah. dad, what I loved about my dad was he was always all about the people that he was serving. So we go out, we do a job. He was in excavating and he also did uh, asphalt paving. He would, um, sometimes we would have pretty big disagreements on what we're charging customers because he was always looking out for the people. Oh, and he wow. said, well, look, this lady's 75 years old. We can't charge her a lot of yeah. money to do this job. And I'm thinking, well, I need a new pair of shoes for school. <laughs> right. And I'm wondering why we can't make a little money here. Yeah, yeah. But my dad, um, the lesson I would say I learned from him more than anything else was he relied on God to provide for his needs. In the end, he, he left us so much. And his goal was never for the, the riches and the fame. His goal was to help people out. His, his legacy is just amazing. I mean, what he left behind for his children, he gave them all the things that we never thought he had. But he was just more interested in helping people out than he was trying to take care of himself. Yeah. So. Well, that's huge. And that, that goes yeah. a long way. And that says a lot. You know about your father and about your your family and what you're continuing you know to do at Bamberger's now that you're your owners of it. This is a question for kind of both you, Chris and Mark. Bamberger's been around for 107 years. What do you think or what have you done to, like you said, reinvent kind of reinvent the wheel or stay in business this long? Because a lot of you know family businesses, uh, it's tough. It's hard, you know, and 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 things come up, things happen. 
but you've been able to stay strong for, for that long. What do you kind of credit that to? We used to sell to other shops. We warehoused. And when when the warehouse stores came into effect, like the Sam's Clubs and oh, the Costco's, yeah. they really kind of took out the middleman, you know, people like us that could sell to smaller shops. And and the auto zones and, and the franchise places like that, they came in and kind of uh, whacked on the small business, mom and pop stores, right. so to speak. Yeah, we just had to find different ways to go. And one of the things was uh, my dad decided to get into selling heating oil. So, uh, you know, that was very good for Bamberger's over the winter months. That was a lot oh, of yeah. uh, revenue true. coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, the summertime was fairly busy with the, the cars, and fixing cars and selling parts. But, you know, we didn't do the wholesale stuff that we used to. Yeah, we just had to do different things. So that was one of the things. And gas, we were a branded gas. We sold Sunoco gas. That meant we had to buy our gas from Sunoco. That meant we weren't buying the gas necessarily at the cheapest cost. So you couldn't sell it at the cheapest. Right. So that was another area that kind of fell by the wayside because you just, you weren't making enough money to make it worthwhile. Yeah. We were a full station, you know, we pumped the gas, we, you know. Yeah. So yeah. just as times change. I, I could <laughs> see that would be hard, uh, the, the gas station concept to be competitive, especially nowadays. And, and don't get me started on these big chains and the Walmarts and things like that. Uh, you know where I stand on those kind of things. But that was brilliant, really, for your, your, your family to think about getting into the oil, you know, mm-hmm. and, and heating and things like that. Because, right, automotive, you know, you might not have as many... Well, maybe there's more accidents in the winter, but, you know, they don't need service as much. So what are you going to do when you're a little bit slow over the winter? I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, and I remember riding with my dad. I was probably in middle school, and uh, my dad would go out on oil deliveries. You know, it was a snow day. I was riding in the oil truck, and yeah. we were, you know, the fill was behind the red berry bush. Okay, this is where we're going here. <laughs> yeah, right. Get out there and hook it up, you know. Oh, wow. Those are great memories, yeah, too. Yeah, but you know? it, it was. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're stuck in a farmer's lane in the oil truck. Oh. Another time, yeah, you got to try to push it. It was fun, it was fun, yeah, 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 different. So, Mark, uh, same kind of question what do you credit Bamberger's longevity to? Like, she gave credit to her parents for uh, changing lanes a little bit there on what style of business or what type of business, but yeah, her dad has a motor that just never stops. I mean, as far as people who have trusted me over the years, Damon Seal, when I came back to Bamberger's back in 2010. They pretty much just let me have run in the place. They gave me 100% trust. They never questioned anything. It was just Mark's back, and I I did what I thought we needed to do to move into even further down the road and to take care of customers. And I was really blessed with um, the opportunity. When Bamberger's actually sold out back in... 1999 as far as the parts side of things they sold their warehousing to a warehouse out of king of prussia i went to work for them and because i loved automotive parts i was okay. like i was the king of lebanon county i yeah. just i sold parts to everybody i i always said i didn't drop business cards i dropped receipts i love it you know what i'm <laughs> saying the sales one. already yeah. done dropping and receipts they knew they could trust me yeah. i was there for them i was there to grow their business and do everything i could the auto part was like the last thing we talked about okay because they knew me they knew yeah. you know, hey mark where do i get this how do i do that oh, my computer's broke can you fix that for me yeah and i'm a computer guys so I you know I made sure my customers were in a, a position to succeed and as a byproduct of that they called me for all their parts so with all that said when I came back to Bamberger's when I went to work for that company down in King of Prussia my boss Bill Green he just had a phenomenal way of looking at things and he was a Jewish man and we were like complete opposites on really? everything. We would bang heads all the time in sales meetings. Yeah. And he was all prim and proper, and I'm this loose cannon that comes in just firing by know, the hip and blowing up every meeting. You know, yeah. he had this perfect meeting plan, but he taught me so many things. And he's that guy that no matter what situation you know you're presented with, and you see this every day in life, the frauds on on news and in politics or in business, they offer you, hey. Is the glass half full or the glass half empty? Yeah. Bill always had a way of coming up with 
who took our order. Okay. So it's yeah. not always just, is it this or is it that? But if I can lead you, if I'm trying to lead you astray mm-hmm. and I only give you the two options that are obvious, then, you know, that just made my job that much easier if you're dumb enough or, or inexperienced enough to go along with it. So anyway, when I came back to Bamberger's, I had a ton of great opportunities that had gone my way. And that business that I was involved in, we grew, I think our first year out, we were $12 million a year. And wow. the year we bought the company, I think it was 11 of us bought the company. Oh, shortly after I went to work for them, we had the opportunity to actually buy the company. Well, that escalated quickly. Yeah. A 12 <laughs> oh, warehouse yeah. auto parts yeah. deal. Holy we bought them. And in the first year out, I think we took it right to twenty some million dollars in sales. So Holy we just cow. we kicked that much rear end for the next five yeah, years. Dropping receipts. Every yeah, exactly. Everything we yeah, touched yeah. just turned to gold. Cool. And ultimately our competition was tired of us kicking their can around right. Jersey and Pennsylvania, so they bought us out and we all made thirty five times our original investment. Wow. So it was that's not bad. No, no. Yeah, I'll not, take those odds. Yeah. Those numbers. <laughs> so how did you two meet? Let's get that backstory and then kind of get to when did you take over Bamberger's? You know, what was what was the year? You know, Mark Thomas, Chris Thomas, when did you start running it? <laughs> Do you wanna if it's all right, you know, yeah, you don't no, have to share fine. it all. Uh, well, no, I don't mind telling it at all. Uh, well, we met because as he said, he had a shop, so he bought his parts from Bamberger's. One, we were one of his suppliers, and I used to deliver parts to him on occasion. My sister and I, and my sister was friends with Mark and Mike for a little while, and uh, I think my sister may have even was she kind of involved in wanting us yeah. to go out. So well, no, she wasn't involved in us going out. Uh, Becky, Chris's sister got me the job at Bamberger's. Okay. So. Yeah, that's where I was looking for, you know, how'd you get, how'd you get into Bamberger's? Okay. Yeah, I wanted, after we sold our garage and um, we kept the building, but we uh, sold the business and I was looking for something and, and kind of like, what do I want to do? And I thought I should be sales. I really think I would do okay at sales. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I put in an application at Bamberger's and I kicked it around and I hit, Dave up, Mr. Bamberger, and the sales manager, and things weren't really going at a pace I really wanted to see it, like, hey, you're hired. Yeah. So uh, Becky would, uh, we were friends with Becky, and I said, hey, Becky, can't you do anything? Can't you pull a little weight in there and get me that right, job? Right, right. So <laughs> Becky went to work, and I got the job. And then meanwhile, you were, Bamberger was a vendor of yours, so you were stopping in. Chris was probably looking across well, the yeah. counter. Well, yeah, so I first met yeah. him when he was a customer, but then he did he came to work at Bamberger's and then we, you know, we got to know each other better because he was working at Bamberger's and I I was in college at the time. So yeah. And she's only human. You know what I'm saying? She couldn't she she <laughs> needed that super yeah. strength yeah. mark, you know. Right, right. <laughs> One so shot of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all right. So, it, you know, the rest is history kind of from there then, yep. huh? It pretty yeah. much is, yeah. Okay. I knew. I said to my sister when I came home from our first date, I said, this is the man I'm going to marry. So we, we kind wow. of knew right away. Knew right away, yeah. 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 Stud over here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just ask him. Just ask him. Yeah, his head's not going to fit out the door. He goes to leave. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, and the, the feeling was mutual. I knew that Chris was a woman for me. She was, we just... We were right for each other, no question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you both started working. You know, do you remember early on what were like what was your role there? So you were sales, or yep. At yeah. the time, I was sales, and uh, Chris was pretty much do anything. Like she said, in the in the very beginning, she was still in college, and then when she got out, she was working in the office. And uh, well, I was I was te- I was trying to get a teaching job because okay. that's what my degree is in elementary education but after substituting for a while it was kind of like eh. it's it's hard to live your life not knowing what you're doing every day and waiting for the phone to wake you up in the morning yeah. now i believe they do substitute teachers a little differently now but oh, yeah, sure. um you know waiting for that phone call oh, every right. morning that was i enjoyed the teaching i would love to teach but you know god had other plans for me it, it yeah. was i guess to be with in my family business, so. which looking back is probably a great call. I mean, yeah. look, how, look where you're at now, and yeah, and, and look at the 
some of the poor teachers now and what yeah. they're going through. Yeah. What mm-hmm. they have to put and, up with. You know, I was very fortunate that I was able to stay home with our kids, with Riley and Mackenzie when they were young. And I loved that. That well, is my favorite time. job of yeah. all times is being mother to my two children. There you and go. it still is. And Riley is married to the awesome Katie, Katie. Zell Thomas now. Shout out to Katie Thomas. <laughs> yep, we love Katie. <laughs> she better listen to this. <laughs> no, Katie, shout out. You're great. Yeah. Uh, to get, we're, we're doing great, but I want to get um, a couple more. Because I know, Chris, you have to leave in a, at some point. Where, where yeah. are we at? Are we, okay, we're still good? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're, we're oh, good. we're great? Okay, yep, good, yep, good. we're good. So I always ask who was a mentor for them throughout their life. A lot of times it's father, it's family. Sometimes it's a coach, things like that. So I want to ask both of you if you had a, if you had to choose one mentor that really influenced you, you know, maybe Mark, you might go with your father. Um, but i just want to throw that question out there in case it is someone different. Well, a mentor is a little different than a hero. My mentor, one person that meant so much to me in my life was my uncle Lonnie, who happens to be the brother to my dad. My dad was raised in the hills of Virginia, all the way down at the uh, southern west part of Virginia. Great, great area. I, uh, he always wanted to move back there. He ended up here, and he met my mom because he was stationed at the Gap after Korea. He's always wanted to be down there. So I kind of think one of the reasons I'm a little bit different than everybody around here is I'm not that Pennsylvania Dutch guy completely, no. and I'm not that complete rebel. Yeah, I'm sort of in between, but I feel like because... I have both sides on my family. I feel like I'm right down the middle, you know. You're a good mix, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He's, my... he's still is a Virginia hillbilly, though. Let's <laughs> but, not let's not now, kid ourselves. Threw him right <laughs> under the bus. My uncle Lonnie yes. was a, a Vietnam War vet. He always reminded me of how relaxed, laid back, and pleasant my dad would have been had he not have killed Chinese so really yeah. every day for 11 months. Right. You know what I mean? That my, does something to you, I y- imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. My dad went through a lot in Korea. If you ever if you ever study the history of Korea and, and the Rangers, it was it was just a horrible, horrible life fighting yeah. the Chinese. And we're fighting the Chinese till this day. Anyway, getting back to my Uncle Lonnie, he's the most pleasant, giving awesome individual you ever want to be around he's like he, he if he walks into a room it just lights a room up as far as mentoring he was always like a life coach to me always I only saw him a week or two out of the year but we talk on the phone everything else and he had a huge impact okay. on my life Chris who, who would you say I am really struggling I I can't really pinpoint one specific person but I do feel like there have been many people in my life that um, have just been very positive um, and encouraging. And, and I think that is one thing that we're missing today. I think that our young people, um, because of all just being on social media, and I even find myself, uh, you know, if we're all together as a family, looking down at my phone, looking at Facebook, yeah, looking at... Yeah. And, and we're just not having those relationships. I just feel so blessed with, you know, my parents, I was super close with both of my parents. They were always really involved in everything that I did. And I just, yeah. And even some teachers, I had some really excellent teachers at Cedar Crest. It makes me sad that our, I feel like our young people today are not having those relationships with, with friends or with their family. I, I can't really specifically pick one person, but just I had a lot of really positive uh, relationships in yeah. my life. I couldn't agree more. And my father, you know, he always, he's been saying, at least lately, but I feel like always, you know, kids used to actually go outside and play. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays, you don't see kids going out. They're, they don't, they're not playing basketball or, or baseball or football or anything. You know, they're just on their phones. I don't even know if they even go on a computer anymore. It's just literally their phones or their uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and things like that, and uh, mm-hmm. and then the the worst thing, and I know I'm, I got I got to stop, but everybody, it's popular. This TikTok. I don't know if you heard of TikTok. I don't know. If <laughs> I've you, heard you, of it. I'm I haven't gone on. Don't it, go but... <laughs> on it. Don't go on it. Don't. don't. I'm too afraid of the Chinese. I, I got sucked into it. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's owned by the Chinese too. It is. It's part of that, and that's why the, our government is trying to ban it on all you know mm-hmm. of their devices. But uh, yeah, it just. I, it came out, I think, around COVID. And I said to Courtney, I'm like, I'm not getting on it. That's for young kids. I don't need to look at this. What is it? But it's just the algorithms. And whether Chinese, 
Russian, American, who you know, whoever puts the apps out, um, you know, because Facebook they have their algorithm and Instagram and things like that. It's uh, hook, line, and sinker. Addicting, exactly. Yeah, yep. they know. How, yep. yep, you know, and it just shows you things that you want to see. Printing, Eagles. Yep. I mean, everything. Yep. Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a big Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. Podcasts, and uh, next thing you know, 20, 30 minutes go by, maybe an hour, and it's like, really? Did I just? <laughs> I you know, know. Did I just yeah. do that? Yeah. 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 So I know. Yeah. Tr- tr- stay away from that. Anyone listening, if you're not on TikTok, because I held out for a good like year or two. Uh-huh. My sisters, they got sucked into it on my mom's side. Then next thing you know, Courtney's like, oh, I'm, I'm looking at TikTok. And I was like, okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> Shouldn't have done it. Yeah. yeah. I should not have done it. Yeah. So, um, you know, now let's let's speed it up to current day. What would you say your roles are now at Bamberger's? You know, are you, are you out in the road making those deliveries? You know, who's who's really the boss? Who's running the show? <laughs> oh, Mark is definitely the boss. <laughs> He's, is he the brain? He's the brain He's from the, the operation. Brains and, yeah, the yeah. brains and the brawn. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not really. Yeah. I just try to be the supporting cast, and that's very important. sometimes I don't yeah. do great, but I try. No, she's we, awesome. I'm she? usually in the office answering phones, uh, you know, doing the bookkeeping, talking to customers. The one thing I would like to say to people, and yeah. if any of our oh, customers please. are listening to this, I'm not sure that our customers realize how much, and I'm sure this is the case with yeah. any business owner, how much we really, really care about them as our customers. Great point. And trying to give them the best service that we can give them. So, you know, if somebody calls and something didn't go quite right or they have a problem, it really hurts me to the core Mm -hmm. to think that a customer would think that I would be purposely not giving them the best uh, service and product that I possibly could. Yeah. So that that's just something that I would like to leave with everyone. No. We really we really do care about our customers, whether they believe it or not. But yeah. we do. And we lay it at uh, open uh, eyes open at night when it's cold and windy and thinking, oh no, uh, that delivery wasn't made today. It's going out tomorrow. Are they going to make it? Is it okay? Right. Like I, we worry yeah. about that stuff. Hot water to shower. <laughs> and uh, Mark, just real quick, I, I think it's a great point to bring up because I think, especially at Bamberg's, I know here at, at Color Tech, I think that separates family businesses from these larger corporations, these la- larger Absolutely. operations. Yeah. Yep. They don't really, I don't think they really care as much. You mm-hmm. know, it's not the one-to-one uh, relationship that, that you all offer. And I think that's definitely something that sets you guys apart sets us apart you know um but yeah mark what what are your thoughts pretty much the same the one that runs the show is the customer and uh right behind them is our employees we couldn't do it without them i have employees that have walked through fire for us and our customers and i mean you have some that that their heart isn't always in it and that's a little frustrating but by and large we have really good employees and we have great customers it's kind of funny you know (laughs) Because I'm conservative, sometimes you get labeled different things, and I oh, think yeah. that's funny. I say, yeah, well, you should be with me at midnight when I'm in a basement that you won't ever be caught alive in. There you go. And right. I'm trying to fix this person's heat. And guess what? They don't look like me, but I'm in their basement at midnight. Yep. So anytime anybody wants to come along, I'm in that truck. If we are afraid someone's going to run out of something, I'm up in that truck. I'm 54 now. I'm not old. No. I'm not a spring chicken now and things, things hurt more in the winter you know what i mean yeah. hips yeah. and knees and ankles it's and a little hard to get in and out of that i'll truck. hop in that truck for two or three hours at a crack sometimes six seven depends on what it takes but i'm out delivering people's product and um it's because we do care and un- unfortunately we'll lose some sleep my prayer every morning is for wisdom grace and mercy part of wisdom grace and mercy is i want to extend that and I want to know what I need to be doing that's best for the masses. Sometimes people get frustrated, but I, I told people point blank, vote better. Yeah. When they call in and they, hey, I want that done right now, you always can't. Yeah, I did before uh, COVID and before the government got so deep into our lives that now I can hire somebody because they're not even out there to yes. be hired. So it, it's the last few years have been different, but I will say that our customers run our business. Yeah. To kind of spin off of that, I heard a saying. Adam Kuhn was in, he was on the podcast. He is on State Farm Agency. And he said there's a quote that says, the name on the door, you know, Bambers, Color Tech, State Farm, whatever it is, is because of the people inside. You know, without those employees, you have really nothing but a shell yep. of a business, you That's know. Right. And then without those clients, there's no work for those yep. employees. So mm-hmm. it's, it's an ecosystem there. And to then spin off of 
what you said with finding people to work. I don't know if you ever listened to Mike Rowe and Dirty Jobs on uh, Discovery oh, yeah. Channel, Mike yeah, Rowe. Yeah, yeah. So he has his own podcast. Great guy, phenomenal guy. You know, he was here locally, uh, I think, Words Candies years ago. And he was on a podcast recently, and I'm, I'm going to get these numbers wrong, but for the listeners that really want to dive into this, it was Mike Rowe. He was on uh, Theo Vaughn. It's a, another uh, guy that has a podcast. And he had said something like 7 million men, I think between the ages of roughly, let's say, 24 and, you know, 56, 55, that are not getting a job working not yep. working yeah that blows my mind yep no doubt about it like, what 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 it pays what too do? good to be at home it's scary to think that because mm-hmm. there's great opportunities out there to make a, a living make a career you know and people are just i guess at home i often say while i'm a terrible christian i believe 100 percent cover to cover in my bible one of the things that i will point out if we were all following god's guidelines and how we go to how we approach life from a Christian world point of view, God says, by your sweat, you'll earn your, your keep, you know, uh, six days shall thou labor. We could go on. I could, I could get you plenty of um, different Bible scriptures to back the fact that you need to get out of bed and you need to go to work. And I think our mental health, our physical health, I think a lot of things are attributed to either good or bad whether you're going to work or not. But getting out of bed and going to work five, six days a week, I believe that's completely right, healthy, and the proper thing to do. Yeah, and even if you're working from home, it's different than walking out of your house and going into an office or or somewhere else. Just think about if you're homesick. At first, you're, oh, I'm just going to lay on the couch. I'm going to relax. And, but after you're laying there for a certain amount of time, it's like, I got to get out of here. You think this, most people you know, would, right? Yeah. They feel their nerve kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like like you said, exactly. You, you get up off the couch, even if you're, you're sick with a cold. Yeah, exactly. It, it blows my mind. And I don't know if they're just on TikTok or they're playing video games. <laughs> like, what are these What are these people doing? It, yeah, it drives me nuts because it it's tough to find, you know. It's been a people. challenge, especially the last three years. Yeah. It's been a challenge, yeah. getting the right people in the right job. Now, God's been good to me. I mean, my yeah. auto mechanics right now, my, my auto shop and truck shop, they're hitting on all cylinders. I had some uh, a couple of guys from church come on board, and I sent one of them with Riley to HVAC school. They graduated, and they're working for me. And uh, the, the counterman I have is from our church. He's a good kid. And they're willing to work every day. I mean, they come to work with the right attitude. Just That's willing awesome. To, yep. Yeah. Yep. Get their hands dirty. And now think, they're young, yeah. which means yeah. I, I ask them sometimes how they got to work. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, these young kids don't quite <laughs> yeah, have it all exactly together. Exactly right. <laughs> and the HVAC techs get very dirty. They yeah. come back with, yeah. with oh, black yeah, faces. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Dirt under their nails. But I think, like Mark, like you said, and Chris, when you earn something, it means more. Mm-hmm. You know, when Absolutely. You, yes. Yeah. When you go out there and hustle and work yeah. hard, a 40-hour work week, sometimes more, you know, you feel better. I think, yeah. I, at least I do. Yeah, you know? I do too. Yeah. Yeah. One of the lessons my dad, um, again, when I was 16, it was get your piggy bank and we'll go get a car and, and you can fix it up. Yeah. You know, you didn't buy a, These kids today are driving oh. nice cars. Oh, my yeah. first car had primer on it. And, and we learned <laughs> yeah. how to paint and we learned sanding I was love it. worse, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. And he wasn't giving us nothing. And it wasn't because he didn't have it to give or he didn't want us to have it. He just knew the best way for me to take care of something was yeah. for me to earn it. Yeah. It means more. It'll mean Absolutely. more to you. So is Riley, is he in the family business? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. one of the HVAC Phenomenal. techs. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, because I mean, I remember high school doing the, the the photography and everything, sports photography with Blue Cardinal Photography. Mm-hmm. So, has he been in for two, three years? How long has he been there? He's coming up on close to a year. All last summer, when I hired him and Caleb, they went to school for I believe it was ten weeks straight, and then they started uh-huh. like in September. So they were really thrown into the fire, no pun intended. Oh yeah, because yeah. uh, you know they just came off of summer school and then right into the cold season. Um, but they're they're both doing good, and uh, so he's coming up on a year now. He did get his private pilot, so he has his private pilot Whoa. license, yeah, and yeah. So we'll see what God has in store for him there. And um, he did a year of school he's at Word in, of Life Bible Institute. Right, he did okay. a, a year at Word of Life, and right now he's doing uh, Liberty 
he's has full college classes yeah. and he's been maintaining them while he while was going working. to school yeah. and working. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He, I think yeah. he just has a semester left and he'll, he will graduate with a bachelor's in marketing, I believe. Yeah. Marketing yeah. And so finance. I'm proud of him. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah. killing it, young man. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, so Mark, you know, when you started with your brother, Mike, you started your, that garage, you know, mm-hmm. did you ever think that you would own your own family business? No, no, I had no idea what was in store for me, but yeah. no, I knew I would have, uh, I always saw myself as in business. Like I said, my dad was always in business. My mother was always a hardworking, she was a Willow Street Riley. I'm sure a yeah. lot of people in Lebanon that hear this will know who the Willow Street, Jim Riley being her brother. Both my parents were just extreme family, hardworking, get it done kind of people that the difference was my mother was a go to work somewhere. And my dad was, there's no future in going to work somewhere. I need to own my own business. Yeah. So he had division. He didn't always um, bill accordingly. And, you know, that sort of thing, like we talked right. about early on. But yeah. again, he had reasons for that. So I never saw where I'd be today. No, that's the long and the short of it. But you like where you're at. You wouldn't have it any other way. Let's say that. It's awfully, awfully challenging. When I got back to Bamberger's, I felt like Dave and Seal had worked so hard for so long. If I could just get a few of the hurdles that were still there taken care of, get the place under good control. Not They had a good working business there, but it was because them two were working yeah. so hard. Okay, right. So um, I used some of my knowledge and some of my life experience to hire the right people and try to get a few things uh straightened out or upgraded brought into newer like our trucks were all getting old and yeah and things like that so yeah we've i feel like we've moved the ball pretty far down the field and i got them retired that was my goal is to let them have because to be honest with you they worked so hard for so long they didn't know anything else and i don't think they wanted anything else and i'm like you guys live life a little relax yeah Yeah. i think seal was starting to feel like she wanted out yeah and uh dave had no there's no rest in his bones okay he's he's 73 and still works he he can go to work with our young guys he's ready to go they'll go out on a job he'll go on a job with them because he's the guy for like a waste oil furnaces they run on used motor oil okay dave has 40 years of waste oil furnace experience so he'll take the boys out and they come home with their tails dragging and the old man don't look too bad (laughs) he's gonna school him he's gonna educate him out there oh that's great wow so what are all the services that you now offer at bamberger's or what's the the main ones that uh, listeners could benefit from here in lebanon county okay so we have automotive repair truck repair trailers lawn trailers we try to do everything you know if you have a lawn trailer that needs inspected we do it truck repair okay auto and coming soon motorcycle inspections we will be doing that motorcycle but we do auto parts we have an auto parts store there a nice little showroom fuel oil service of your furnace home heating okay we do a little bit of air conditioning but i really don't like to do i i Air conditioning, you almost ought to be an air conditioning person to do that. We'll fix it for customers that we, yeah. we're we just trying to help out. I'll go out and do AC, but it's not my thing. Heating, and my love is propane. Yeah, it's propane propane okay. is clean and made in Pennsylvania. Oh, you got to love that. <laughs> and Texas, which Let's is go. my favorite state. Oh, Texas. amen to that. So anyway, yeah. um, propane's my thing. From the day I came to Bamberger's, one of the things I was most... Um, integral in doing is blowing up our propane but uh, that was a bad choice of words um, increasing volume growing it yeah blowing growing it up. the propane business the Not first year i was there i doubled it. our sales right wow the second wow. year i was there i doubled our sales dropping receipts uh, right, dropping right. exactly gotta bring it yeah. back. Absolutely. And, wow. and people got the idea that i just love me some propane yeah. well and he and propane accessories he, yeah he loves propane <laughs> and he kind of finagled his way into the terminal before we really were to the point of being able to sell that yeah, much that's propane. a funny story but, too yeah but yeah it all worked out if well. you have the time yeah <laughs> yeah. I, yeah there's a there's a terminal there it. in schaferstown right? okay now we're we're very very low volume so we're driving all the way to elizabethtown and the pump is so slow at elizabethtown it would take literally for mr bamberger to drive to e-town 
fill the truck and come home was about five to six hours. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Very yeah. slow. True yeah. Very long. Okay. Dio date road. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> finally, I just couldn't take it anymore. Schaeferstown is like this pipeline booming distributor yeah. right at the bottom of the hill on 501 there in Schaeferstown. Yeah. Yeah. Before you head south. And I call my salesperson, whom I owe a debt of gratitude. Her name's Kim Kelly. I call her one day. It must have been 105 in the shade. And yeah. I, I say, Kim, <laughs> I need to buy propane from you. Yeah. And she said, Mark, you know I can't do that. You're just too small. I say, Kim, you keep telling me I'm too small to buy gas from you. And I'm telling you I can't grow until i'm buying your gas there you go yeah and she said mark you, you're breaking my heart you just make it too hard <laughs> yeah so she said let right. me let me call my I boss yeah but i can't imagine he's gonna say yes and when she said how much volume are you doing and i told her she chuckled yeah and, you know yeah. it's like it wouldn't even show up on her right truck. she called me back and she said you're in no she said you better what? not let me down yeah and she said you better grow that business and if you get in the way of my big tankers with your little trucks, we're gonna, I said, Kim, I'll yeah. pick up at four in the morning, two in the morning, Never, whatever. whatever. I just need your gas. Yeah. I'm in and out of that terminal in 15 minutes wow. with 3,500 gallons of gas on my back Holy and I'm God. gone. Yeah. yeah. 10 minutes from home. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that, that was a blessing. What that did was gave us the purchasing power price yeah. to be able to go out and you know, hammer it down with the big boys. Right. Shout out to Kim Kelly for uh, yeah. making that call and to her she's, boss. She's not yeah. local. Where was yeah. Kim from? Okay. Well, she, at the time, New Jersey. Okay. And now I believe she's semi-retired in Florida. Yeah. Uh, Good for her. I yeah. hope I helped yeah. that happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> you made that happen. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's head over to Mark being mayor of Cornwall for 13 years and still, still, you know, still mayor. Tell us a little bit about how that came to be, you know, and, and what are your duties as mayor? It came about, I was having a land rights issue. I uh, asked the borough for permission to put a wood boiler in, and I was told I could put one in. I didn't need any permits. Shortly afterward, I had a what I now totally believe was a personal issue. Someone was not happy with me in, in uh. several ways. And they used the wood boiler to uh, come after me. And the reason I say it wasn't just a wood boiler is they came after multiple things. And they were using council. They, they wore council down. Okay. Council was fair in the beginning. Council asked me some questions. I answered them. I told them exactly how I went about. And again, I'll, I'll say it. When I put my wood boiler in, I was told that's no different than putting an air conditioner on the side of the house or a generator. You don't need a yeah. permit. You can go ahead and do the work yourself. That makes sense. Yeah. So what ended up happening, long story short, is the several of the council members lied to me. And while I was on the phone with them, talking with them, it was mm -hmm. like we were best friends. And then ah. I get to the meeting, and I don't even know this person anymore. And I'm thinking, wow, this this dude, when he's grandstanding, yeah, it's totally different than who I was talking to just little, the little other two faced, night. Yeah, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was pretty upset. My dad, of course, came to me and said, Hey, I got enough money, let's just sue the borough and let's get this done. And I said, You know what, dad, we're gonna live to fight a different way. I don't want to just make the lawyers rich, yeah. Know, Jim Riley was, right. <laughs> I was gonna say, Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to just it. make the lawyers rich, and yeah, I, I'm. I think God's going to have a different plan for me, but I'm not sure what it is yet. So lo and behold, me and my brother decided to run for council. There's my brother. Again. Okay. Me and, Mike, yeah. me and Mike are like, you know, <laughs> yeah. two peas in a pod. Yeah. All right. Yep. So yeah. we're going to run for council. Turns out another Thomas, who's no relation, Bobby Thomas is running for council. And Paul Varanasek, who was on council at the time, but was leaving, contacted us and said if you guys win i'd be interested in still serving so when i went to get my petition turned in for council the lady behind the desk who was awesome she yeah, was she so was great. awesome i can't remember her name but... but she would help you through the little things in running for office you know okay she says well you know the mayor position's open in cornwall too i said what yeah and she said yeah the mayor position's open i said well i need to be on council i you know, I can live, 
I need to have voting and I need to. Yeah, yeah. And she said, well, you can run for both and choose what you want if you win them both. Oh, okay. I said, whoa, I yeah. never knew. So short story long, I run for council. Mike runs for council. I run for mayor. And Bob Thomas runs for council. We all win. So I waited. They kept calling. People were calling and asking, hey, are you going to declare? Are you mayor? Are you Counselor, I said, well, I don't have to declare, so I don't think I'm going to. So by waiting till January 1st, what that did was my council seat that I won bumped off another councilman. If I would have declared mayor, they could have got together and reelected one of the councilmen that just got blown out. The problem I had with that is I wanted to blow as many of them people off that council as I could. Yeah, clean house, clean house, which was probably needed. Well, that's what I thought anyway. Yeah, yeah. uh, So Cornwall was in a real bad shape back then in 09. It was terrible. That's where we were battling the county for EIT funds. Uh, We had laid off an officer. We were looking at laying off another officer. We were $200,000 short on income because of the EIT debacle. They pulled like $250,000 from our annual income, just like right now. And then they wanted a million back. So we were looking at down the barrel at... Nobody wanted to be mayor or councilman back then. But yeah. Anyway, we were able to flip four out of seven seats in the drop of a hat, basically. Okay. So I was pretty happy with the result. Since then, I'd like to think we got Cornwall turned around fiscally. Um, unfortunately, we did run into some hard times, and the uh, council, against my request, I had vetoed a tax hike the year before, but... When it's seven to zero, I have no veto power. So I didn't veto their tax hike just because I would have been doing it for political, you know, spike the football. Right. I'm not here to spike footballs. I'm here to keep Cornwall on track. And and more important, as important, is defend people's land rights. I'm a big land rights that's what got you kind of in this. Oh, absolutely. Right, right. And again, had they not lied, had they not stomped on my land rights, yeah. She was in tears the day that that wood boiler came out. Yeah. And she said, do not take that boiler out. And I said, honey, just just wait. <laughs> right. It was just, just the principle wait. of it. Yeah. Like, we didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> right. It's your land. It's your property. Yeah. You know. Yeah. King David might have had a wife that was saying, don't go fight Goliath yeah. today. And yeah. King David said, just just wait. I'll be back. Right. right. <laughs> he handled business. Yeah. Took care of it. Yep. yep. Yeah. On the form to, to be on the podcast. You had mentioned, um, you know, three kind of most important things to you, God, family, and, and country. Yeah. So can we hit hit on that a little bit? like to get a little bit of input on what you think with the current, uh, maybe not so much politics, but just the craziness that's going on in the world. Well, sure. Our Constitution's being stomped into the ground. Our Constitution was written off of biblical principles. I think anyone that doesn't like the fact doesn't like our constitution or the way America lives its life should just tell it walking. So like I said to you earlier, if we would be following God's principles today, God says six days shall thou labor. God says, love your neighbor more than yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Not a lot of people are doing that nowadays. That's no. exactly right. right. If you have two coats, give your brother one. I mean, I could go down the list, but when when our forefathers wrote the Constitution, it was written on Christian principles. There's no question about that. I'll argue with anybody all day long. They wanted justice. They wanted law and order. With that justice, they wanted some compassion. And I'm all for that. Today, Mm -hmm. if you think about what's going on in the world today, our justice system has been completely annihilated. And that's where they have us. See, if, if a cop pulls you over and he's a dirty cop mm-hmm. and you don't like the way he handled you that night, you can stand before a judge. Yeah. But what happens when the judge is a bum? Now we have a problem. It's not fair. And that's yeah. where, if you ask me, they have eroded our justice system to pieces. Yeah. I know partially how they did it, but that's what's wrong with America today. It's not what they say is wrong with it. It seems, in my opinion, like the recent incident in Ohio, right, East Palestine, mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. the train wreck and they and they burn and and uh, all these chemicals and things like that. I don't want to get too political, but you know, I, I just don't understand what's going on really because it should be America first. It should be take care of the citizens here in America, take care of our veterans, you know, the people that have served. Um, and I just feel like 
a lot of that's going to the wayside. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know why it's offensive to be proud of your own country and to want to take care of your country because right. we should take care of our country first. Yes. We are the yeah. most generous country in the whole world. So I don't think it's selfish of us to want to take care of America first. That's That shouldn't be a bad word. All the three-letter departments that we have that have failed us, like the FBI, the CIA, the IRS, let's add the EPA in there. I have to be careful what I say because I'm in a fuel oil business. Right. The EPA has a heavy hand. Yeah. yeah. Where was their heavy hand mm -hmm. in East Palestine? Yeah. If they right. so much as think I might have dropped a drop of oil right. that could kill a fish, they're all me like stinking. They're on... coming to shut us down. I believe right. But the railroads are one of the uh, favored they're companies, so they're not the treated right. like everyone else. Well, they're definitely <laughs> crucial, you know, to uh, to to e-commerce, you know, throughout America. But, uh, yeah, somebody has to be held accountable. But just the response time uh, blew my mind, and, and I agree you know, it comes to really anything government wise, especially news wise too. I don't, I don't trust it. I don't what a anything. joke! And yep. even both, both, both sides. Um, Cause sometimes you, whether you're CNN, Fox news, whether you're conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, I just feel like whoever it is, the powers that be. And I know we're getting a little off topic, but I, I kind of knew we go down this road. I just feel like it's very, it's very divisive. Uh, the sure. current climate, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's pitting family, sometimes family, and friends and neighbors against each other just because you look at things differently. Correct. And the, yeah. and they the media is doing that. They are encouraging yeah. the divisiveness because that's good news. It, it makes people oh, tune that's in. That's true. So that. it, I always I always say, you know, some people say, "Oh, you know, don't talk politics, don't talk religion." Don't. Right. Well, you know what? Our forefathers did talk about that stuff and yeah. they flushed out different ideas. If if you have a different idea than me, by all means, tell me why you are thinking the way you're thinking. You might change my mind. But right. if we're not, if we can't have a conversation That's... about our differences, how will it ever get resolved? Mm -hmm. It yeah. won't. People don't even want to have that conversation. You just get a label, you know, you're a Trumper, you're, yep. you know, right. a, a swamp, you're liberal, you're this <laughs> and that. You know, you are the terms, and it's just yep. like we're all Americans. Why can't we just, you know, exactly. figure things out to better? Our country. Not to go full-blown religion and scare people, but the battle yeah. is it's God versus Satan and stand behind those principles. My principles aren't compromised because I can defend my biblical stance with my political stance. So it doesn't make any sense to me. If you take God's principles, work. So, I mean, you could go right down the list of everything you want to talk about. Hold on, where's I going with this? I have to edit this part out. <laughs> I had something really good, Chris. I did. Hold on. No. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, take a sip. Let's... <laughs> to pick it up, no, where I was going with it, America, I truly believe, is the greatest country. You can live your life how you want. That's where I'm getting at is it makes America so great is you can pick. Yep, you want absolutely. your own business. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, you want yeah. to work for somebody. You That's know. the American way. And where it got twisted is now they want to shut Christians down. You are singled out. I mean, I've been canceled twice. And when they cancel, they come at you. They want you. They want your family. They want you down and they want you out. If you're following this good book right here, that's not how you're going to approach anything. Let's touch on that. So you brought two items and the third you said was your family because you, mm -hmm. you have Chris here and, and Mike was going to be here, but he had something come up so he couldn't make it. Maybe if we ever do another, you know, we could have him on. But let's uh, talk about what you brought for the listeners. Uh, there'll be photos up on American Grown Podcast, Facebook and Instagram. Well, sure. Where I really got pushed into the mayorship as well, What one of the things that got me into it was um, a group called COOL. They were the constitutional organization of Lebanon when they started, and they oh. switched to constitutional organization of liberty. They taught the Constitution. It would be a two-hour course a night, once a week for maybe eight, ten weeks. Mm -hmm. It was a great course, and what they taught was the thoughts, beliefs, and teachings of our forefathers. And even though I knew the Constitution, it really comes to life when you start mm. reading what our forefathers wrote and you're like, wow, 
these dudes really had it together. Yeah. And they yeah. really understood what God's plan was for man. God wanted man to be free, mm-hmm. free will, and he wanted man to live life abundantly. And he says, I will give you the pleasure of your heart. But what he asks out of you is to give your heart to him. We've right. lost our brotherhood. And this constitution can only protect us as long as everybody in the game is legit. As soon as you start having one side stealing or 30% stealing or 50%, once the tipping point is that we're no longer a good and wholesome society, this constitution doesn't hold its value. Well, yeah, the constitution is supposed to be the chains wrapped around. Man is inherently selfish and want to do what is best for us, which is not always necessarily what's best for the country or other people. So yeah, the constitution was supposed to be the shackles or the, uh, you know, handcuffs on our leaders that Mm -hmm. they could only go to a certain extent. So when you ignore that, that takes that governor off. So anything is possible. And knowing the further we got from them and the writing of the constitution, uh, the more corrupt and, right. and more we try to push the limits of right. all of these things. That's in the why states' rights are so important. And that's why uh, the balance of powers is so important. Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump were the only two non-One World Order presidents. And that's what made Ronnie so great and his ideas about how great America was. He was spot on, by the way. America was incredibly awesome. And then, of course, Saddam, being a businessman and a common sense guy, dude was spot on. When I used to give speeches and stuff, I would open up with, I hate the Republican Party, but I hate the Democratic Party even more. If you read the Republican Party's platform, it's spot on. So when you see a Republican who's out of line, he's out of line. I can defend the Republican platform. I see what you're saying. I just can't yeah. defend bums like Graham. Mitch. Uh, they'll run out and do their spike in the football, you know what I mean? Like right. uh, Lindsey just yesterday said, oh, he's going to, if they won't shut down the border, he's going to, and he's going to do this, and he's going to, well, where's he been? It's about money right. and it's power. It's all about money. Yeah. Money it's and power. Yeah, follow Always the money. money. Right. Unfortunately, I have to... You got to head out, Chris. I have yeah. to head out. I'm having such a good time. Yeah. I have to come back again. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for joining yeah, thank me. Thank you for and, having uh, me. Yeah. Appreciate let's, uh, it. Here, let's get one. If we look at the camera, I'm going to take a picture of us all together, and then Mark and I can finish up. We're almost done. Yep. Awesome. We just, two thank more you questions. So much. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you. <sighs> My last two questions as we get to the end, you know, we'll, we'll get those. But uh, no, I just, I, I hope that at some point we can all come together and, and figure this out. And, uh, move forward you know like i said when you have kids i think you really start to look at look at things differently oh there's no question about that when 911 happened or 911 happened i drove home and i grabbed riley yeah and i took him in my arms and i just hugged him with tears coming down my face and um i just wanted to make sure he was okay and that's that's the truth i mean i I, as soon as I saw it on TV, I hung around for a few minutes at the garage I was visiting, uh, Dale Richards' garage, which is still out in Fredericksburg. I headed right right to Cornwall to get my arms around my son. Yeah, so we do want a better America. We want a future for our children. And um, the thing of it is, any smart leader uses history as probably more so than any other factor because history tells you where you've been. It sure should be part of the guidelines for where you're going. Going, exactly. I heard a good a good kind of quote or saying, A players, whether it's a company or government, you tend to hire B players, and B players hire C and C hire D and so forth, where it should really be, if you're a B or C player, you want to hire up. You want to hire an A, hire B, someone that has a different viewpoint, has a different skill set than you, and will better you. Sure. You know? Yeah. And I just feel like that should be not only for local business, but you know, for, for government, you know, you want to put the best, elect the best people to represent you. And I feel like sometimes in, in, in government, people have been in for so long, so long, they've served so long that they forget why they're there and who they're there for. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. And I, I see how it happens firsthand as, as mayor. When I first became mayor, I was all bright eyed and bushy tailed and it was great. And uh, four years in, I was going to get out and then I had a meeting with the chief and he said the officers are concerned about you running for mayor again 
And I said, well, tell them they don't have to worry. I'm not running. And he said, well, that's kind of what they're worried about. I had no idea. Honest to goodness, I had no idea Mm -hmm. what my officers thought of of me. And I didn't care uh, to a point. But I was happy to know they wanted me uh, for a second round. So my brother bailed out. He didn't like really all the He wasn't into it. No. And I stayed on as mayor. And then the same thing happened the third term. And, of course, my wife said, well, if you're not there... Who's going to defend the poor people in Cornwall, the old ladies? And the, the and whenever I'm uh, lecturing uh, my council, sometimes I tend to lecture and kind of talk down to them at times. And I, it's not what I want to do. It's just when I'm aggravated with where we're at. I say, what well, you know, you're looking at this from we have the wonderful people in Spring Hill Acres. We have the Iron Valley people. But what about the old lady who lives in Miner's Village? It's 80 oh, years old and yeah. gets a little eight or nine hundred dollar a month paycheck or a, a social security sure. check yep. what about her you're going to put another 50 bucks on her another 100 bucks on her she don't have it right. and I, that's who i want to cater to is the people that and i get that from my dad and and my mom i mean being uh, from willow street you know i i always look at it as that was my family man you, i i bleed for those kind of people mm-hmm. as long as they're trying why wouldn't we want to help them out and support them yeah and yeah. live by the golden rule treat others as you'd want to be treated exactly you know? right being mayor i wanted to ask this question the old uh, it's a quarry now are they gonna tear that down and put like a swimming pool complex and housing development um am i am i in the right area yeah yeah you yeah. know you're right it's the open pit no that's not going to happen anymore that was on the table they were going to develop the area they were going to put in a water park right above the yeah i remember hearing about that yeah it would have been awesome but i told everybody from day one while they were jumping up and down screaming that we need to take away their land rights i was defending and said that's not going to happen but neither is this park it's a pie in the sky big deal it's not going to happen and when a developer does something like that they have to pre-sell so many homes and i just don't think there was a market for it back in that time and over time now it sort of fizzled out and uh, that that project's pretty much yeah. Well, it's definitely dead. Do you think anything will ever come about that quarry, that that open pit? Well, right now I believe um, it just went into new ownership. So okay. we're waiting to see what the new owners have in mind for it. Things are going to change up there. I'll guarantee that. Yeah. Because it can't stay like it has been. It was a blessing to have it stay the way it was. For so long. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people are like, no changes in Cornwall. And I say to them, well, then buy it and you pay the taxes on it. Right. right? Because yeah. it, they just don't connect those dots. Mm-hmm. If it's your land, you have the right to do with it what you want as long as it doesn't impact anybody else. Anyway, we'll see what comes of it. There's been a lot of talk about a lot of different things going on, but okay. as of now, there's been no plans just, submitted. Just curious. I figured while you're here, I better just get that out there. I'd love to have that as my private swimming hole. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Put a deck there. Get, yeah, yeah, you could yeah. do a lot there. Shooting yeah, range, all yeah, kinds of stuff. Little dinghy out yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, to, to, to wrap it up here, i got two more questions. How can our listeners connect with you and follow along on your journey? How can they, if they need Bamberger services, you know, how can they get a hold of you? Well, the easiest thing to do is just call in. That's 717-272-6641. My personal business, my business email is uh, Bambergers Inc. That's B-A-M-B-E-R-G-E-R-S-I-N-C at gmail.com. You can reach out to me. The best thing to do is stop in. It's kind of like a throwback business. Yeah. So just come in. We're at 122 Schneider Drive in Lebanon. We're right in the city, right down the street from the Federal Credit Union, across the street from the Battery Warehouse. Come on in. If you don't feel at home, look me up, and I'll I'll make you feel at home. There you go. You need your car service. You need uh, propane. Yep. You need some parts. You name it. Bamberger's got you covered. Yep, we sell propane tanks. We'll bring them out and put them in place, as you know. Yeah, and yep. uh, yeah, yeah, we try to take care of people, and we're open seven thirty to five thirty Monday through Friday. There you go, local family-owned business right here in Lebanon County. Got to support them. So now, uh, before we close out, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know? Uh, well, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you. You know, I appreciate you and your dad. Um, I appreciate your business, your color tech. I see my name on your lights once in a while out on the sign. I can honestly say it's been a pleasure. You guys, uh, knowing that you are both just a phone call away or a text, we do business with you outside of uh, the printing 
I just really appreciate you guys. You've always been, it's been fun to watch you. When I first met you, you were still in college. <laughs> I had hair back and, then. Yeah, <laughs> and you were, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Just a young, and I know your family and um, small business is really neat. Family businesses are awesome. Yeah. We put a lot of food on a lot of tables. Oh, yeah. I don't ask anything in return. I just try to just keep muddling my way through and trying to do the best I can for my customers. And uh, at the end of the day, you just pray that you're you're glorifying God, getting it done, and and you make a lot of friends along the way. It's it's there a good go. journey. Yeah, definitely the lifeblood, family business, small business, lifeblood of uh, America. That's how it should be, and I think that's the way we grow and and better the country as a whole. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. Um, and that's the government can stand behind the WalMarts and the big companies all they want because they can control them. And you found out during COVID, the ones they couldn't control were small business. And your employees, they need, like you said, need that paycheck, need the food on the table. How could any business really not be an essential business? Amen. I agree 100%. You're right. You're right. I agree. I agree. Well, all right, Mark. I feel like we could go on for hours. And, and you know, if you ever want to come back in, we'll get a a part two maybe. But I'm going to close it out if that's all right. Yeah, sure. It's been awesome um, being here. Thank you. Mark and Chris on the American Grown Podcast and the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. To see photos of today's guests and more content, just search American Grown Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin at AmericanGrownPod at gmail.com.